it doesn't necessarily mean that other people weren't allowing me to be full. I think I was holding myself back based on beliefs and the thoughts that I thought I needed to be. Yes. So I think that's just the interesting thing about this. Sometimes we um, hold ourselves back because we feel as though that's what people expect of us. Do you feel like you're creating a life and a business that you love? Or are you being held back by roles, obligations, and standards that may have been set by others? Self-leadership is all about learning to play the inner game so that we consistently observe and realign ourselves with our deepest desires and the actions that will move us toward these desires. I am honored to have had this powerful conversation with Tony Martinetti. Tony is a leadership coach, entrepreneur, people connector, and a curious adventurer. He loves helping people find clarity in their lives so that they are energized, fully present, and unstoppable. Our missions are completely aligned, and I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. Hello, my name is Mary Maduna Gross, and you're listening to Fully Alive, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs who are hungry to live their purpose, expand their impact, and create with ease. Hello, everyone. I am delighted that you are here with us today. My guest is Tony Martinetti. Tony is an expert in self-leadership, and we're going to dive into what is self-leadership and what does it take for us to practice self-leadership. Tony, I am so grateful to to have this time with you today. I am so thrilled to be here and looking forward to our conversation. It's just, I love the idea of what you're doing in this uh, podcast, being fully alive. Sometimes we focus on just certain parts of our lives, but not enough about the fully expressing who we are in all aspects. So I love that. I love that. Let's just dive right into being fully who we are. How would you know if you are being fully alive? Yeah. And so first of all, let me start with just saying that I wasn't always expressing my full self and being fully alive. And it comes from this place of sometimes we put ourselves in a box to fit into certain environments. And when you do experience a sense of being fully alive, it by realizing that I'm bringing it all out to the surface. I often have this expression of turning the light on inside and expressing fully who I am allows you to feel fully alive. It allows you to come to the table with the most powerful expression of who you are. As you navigate through life, there's always more to shine of that light. But I think the idea is that you start to unearth more and more of who you are, when you do, you start to see that there's, there's more to you than you think. Yeah. Do you have a story about your own unveiling of turning the light on inside of you? Absolutely. I'll start by just saying that like most of my career, I was spent inside of a, in the corporate environment in a world where I thought I was the finance person, you know, the person who dealt with numbers and I was good at it. Uh, I'm not going to say that it wasn't like completely out of character, but I defined myself by that. And I felt like I had to play to that persona of be the numbers person. And and many times I felt like it was really hard for me to fit into that Um, because deep down there was more to me that needed to be expressed. And people often saw that when they would tell me like, hey, you don't seem like the typical finance person. And I'm like, yeah, okay but this is what I do. It's what I get paid to do. So therefore 
Let me work even harder to make sure that people see that. So you work, we do that a lot. We fit ourselves into a box because we feel like that's what people expect of us. Yeah. But society values us based on what we do, not who we be. Mm-hmm. And when I started to realize that I had more to give, and if I have the courage to share more of that, then maybe I'll have different results. I'll have a little, yeah. I'll live a different life. And that's what I ended up having is I decided to leave the corporate world and explore a different path that allowed me to become more expressive. Mm-hmm. So do you think that you weren't able to be as expressive enough in your corporate job? Is that what you were looking for? Was there something more to you than even expressing yeah. was just expressing that moreness? Yeah, it's a great question because I, my hunch is this, is that I wasn't allowing myself to be full. It doesn't necessarily mean that other people weren't allowing me to be full. I think I was holding myself back based on beliefs and the thoughts that I thought I needed to be. Yes. So I think that's just the interesting thing about this. Sometimes we um, hold ourselves back because we feel as though that's what people expect of us. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I've got a little bit of a story I can share uh, around these. So I've uh, evolved myself again from Blue Bamboo Leadership. I'm, I just this week, a uh, new website, plenavita.coach. Plenavita, nice. meaning full life, aligned with Beautiful. this podcast. And in that process, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, recognizing who I am. So I want to come back mm-hmm. to that. So in that, I was so excited to discover, oh my gosh, This is what I'm really good at. And this is what I can really do for people. And what I noticed is when I started telling my close friends, oh, this is the new evolution or this is a new insight that I had. I think to every single one of them said, Mary, that's who you've always been. I love it. I love it. Yes, Mary, that's who you always have been. And so for me, it was going back to that idea of I, ne- I never had to prove it to anybody. I, I was already being that. Yeah, it's a great insight. And I, and I want to take this and run with it because I think there's a sense of this, which we have to discover for ourselves what we're doing. And oftentimes, like leaders come to me and they say, oh, um, I'm trying to be the, um, a confident and um, leader who has all the answers in my organization. And I'm like, how is that working out for you to be this person who you want to be? But in reality, you're the person who you really are is not showing up. Mm-hmm. So if you were to be truly who you are, maybe that sense of who you really are is what they need instead of putting on an air of being someone else. And that's, in, a, in essence, what we need to, to unearth is like, how can you be more you than you have ever been? And by doing so, people will resonate with you more. And when I, when I work with people, I try to get them to unearth this sense of what were the flashpoints that have been revealing who you are, your gifts along the way that you never really recognize or honored. And when you do go back and look at that, you're like, oh my God, that was obvious. I should have known that like back when I was a kid or when I was a teenager or when I was uh, a 20 year old. Yeah. There, uh, there is a breadcrumb trail, isn't there? Yes. Right. You, you can go back and see the, that, re- what, is it uh, Kundalini, right? That red thread that runs yeah. through everything. It's there. 
And yet when we're in that space of, oh, things aren't going right, I'm so far away from who I really am. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, it can, it's easy to overlook. It's easy to say, oh, that's true for everybody else, but that didn't happen for me. It yeah. has happened for you. You're a human being. You're living, you came with the purpose. You've been living your purpose. It's just looked different mm. in different stages of your life and different settings. Even this friend of mine that I was just speaking to who says, who's saying to me, Mary, I'm not really doing what I want to do yet. I'm doing what I have to do right now. And we talked about, so then, and then she happened to mention, I do have this other little project and it's really filling me up. And this is what I love to do. That, and she knew it too. She said, that's really where I want to put my attention. I don't want to put all of my attention, all these things I have to do to pay the bills. Like I'm going to do them because I need to pay the bills, but I really want to put my energy over here. What would you yeah. think to her? Yeah, first of all, lean into that because even if you do have that little piece of you that's doing act an activity that's lighting you up, I'm sure when she was talking about those things, it was getting her excited and you can feel the energy that's coming out of her when she's talking about it. But you, what you want her to do is to see how is that allowing her to do the things that she needs to do to pay the bills? Yeah. How is that actually giving her more energy? Right. And how can she do more of that in addition to doing the stuff that she's already doing and eventually find ways to create a path to replace? That's right. Yeah. Maybe that is the, the thing that has to happen all in due time. That's right. Um, one of the things I often think is important that people don't lose sight of is that, oh, I don't want to turn my passion into a, into a career and then it becomes something that I have to rely on. Don't rush don't go too fast because if you try and rush it, then what happens is you might find yourself stumbling and finding that you don't have it all figured out yet. So take your time because sometimes these seeds have to be planted early and then you got to let them take time to grow. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing about that too is we don't know where that's going to grow. We yeah. can't predict that. And that's why yeah. I the things that I've uh, embraced as I've recovered from overthinking and over planning and over strategizing everything is to know where I want to go, but then see what shows up. Yes. See what's going to show up for me. Play that out. See what happens. And I can drop it. If it's not working for me, I can lean into it if I'm happy with it. Yeah. And one of the principles I use in my book about self-leadership is this idea that like you have to detach from the outcome comes from some of the principles from Eastern philosophies. But like the idea of detaching from the outcome is really powerful. You want to plan and have a goal to something powerful that drives you forward. But you have to make sure that it's not exactly that, you know, you're holding on to because ultimately it could be something to the left of it, to the right of it, or even bigger right. that ends up happening. And that is just as beautiful. Um, it's just that you step into action. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I really love the word inspired action, uh, because the, I distinguish that between the, the things that I have to do action. Yeah. Um, and really, and in, in, interestingly enough, that was one thing that helped me break away from the have tos, this idea that I've got all these have tos that I've got to do. It, it's an, it, it's interesting to lean into inspired action because inspired action says, what do you want to do now? Mm. What, yeah, what do you feel inspired to do in this moment? And I was telling a friend of mine, and in fact, men been on podcast last week, 
that I did all, I do time blocks like you're supposed to, right? Uh, to make sure that I have time to do the things. But one of the things that I've also experimented with is if I have a half day or a chunk of time like that where I'm not committed to anybody else, I don't have any other appointments. Yeah, I really can't take that time block. Maybe I thought on Friday, this is what I wanted to do with it. But now it now the time block is here. Mary, what really is inspiring you in this moment? Yeah. What do you feel drawn to? And I would never give my per- myself permission to do what I wanted to do because I thought, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do and all the stuff that has to get done isn't going to get done. I have not found that to be true. Mm. How, what, no. what, do you have experience with that as well? Oh, absolutely. And there's something about what you shared, which has me thinking about this. Okay. Really, I wrote an article a while back about how I, it's about the productivity paradox and how structure creates freedom. And it's really important to create structure, but also allow yourself to, in that structure, to, to play and to be able to do whatever you think is appropriate with that time. But if you don't plan for that activity to be able to play with that time, then you're going to go through your days just like a robot, yeah. sticking with patterns and just reacting to whatever shows up. So when you create structure, boundaries around your creativity or whatever it is that is going to light you up, then what happens is you're actually being intentional with your actions. Yes. Because I like how you tapped into this inspired action. It's so important that people understand that you want to find things that will light you up, but you have to make sure you do something about it, right? That's the most important thing, even if it's imperfect action. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you said imperfect action, because again, that's another one of those stumbling blocks is if I'm going to do it, I have to do it right. Mm -hmm. How many times have I heard growing up, if if it's worth doing well, then it's worth doing right the first time kind of thing, which means just get it right the first time. And so I don't know about the other listeners or even what your experience has been, but getting it right the first time, I, I don't know how that's possible. No, In most no, it's cases, not. I really don't know how that's possible unless there is already a prescriptive outline for how to create this outcome. Mm-hmm. Then maybe, but for most of the outcomes I think we're talking about, these are outcomes that don't have a prescriptive action. Yes. And even if there is a prescription action, it's for somebody else. Doesn't mean that you can't take that and say, oh, is this something that would work for me? You can do that. But that you still have to create your own way. Yeah. And keep in mind that we also fall under the trap of looking at other people's final product and saying, wow, that they've nailed it. Look how amazing they are. But we have not asked the question, how long did it take for them to actually get there? Did they have any stumbling blocks along the way? And most likely they did. It took them a long time to get to that place where they felt like they could nail it and make those things perfect or at least seemingly perfect. And even if you ask them, do you think it's perfect? They'd say, no, it's not perfect. In my mind, I see so many flaws when I look at this thing or that thing. And in their mind, it's never going to be what they expect. Yeah. So, so I want to come back to this idea of self-leadership because I want to label this. I do. And I don't see a lot of labeling of self-leadership, which, I, which is why I really think this conversation is important. And you be having published a book around Mm self-leadership. Can you help us understand, like let's define what this is and then we can talk about why that is, might be important. Yeah. 
So when I think about self-leadership, it's really about ensuring that you take the journey inside and understanding what is driving who you are and what you do and making sure that you start with yourself before you try to lead others. It's an inside out perspective on leading. Oftentimes we get thrust into leadership and think of leadership as, oh, we're leading others. We're leading up. That's how leadership is defined. But the reality is it starts with how am I designing my life in a way that is connected to my own sense of who I want to be, my own sense of understanding of my inner world so that I can then um, take that on the outside and say, how am I showing up to the people around me and leading others? So there's a lot of that, and this is a quick definition, but the thought is that once you've understand the inside, there's a lot of things you can do to, to move forward with others in a different way. Yeah. Okay. So self-leadership is really about tuning inward. Yeah. What is my vision for myself? Not what somebody else told me that I should be or could be, but who is it that I want to be? And then once I have clarity or, or enough clarity right, on that purpose and beliefs to take a step and action, take some inspired action and upgrade it. Is that a fair kind of summary? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess one thing I would say just to add to that is to say that my business tagline is inspiration through honest conversation. In, and I think the first honest conversation is with you yourself. And it's being honest with yourself about what it is that you truly want based on your definitions of what life means to you, what contributions you want to make, and not what others expect of you or what others say you should want. And I think those are the things that leadership, self-leadership is about. It's about really saying, what do I truly want? And have I truly listened to the voice that I am putting out into the world as opposed to what other people are saying I should want? I was just thinking uh, about objections, right? And so this idea of turning inward and in order to really know who I am. One of the objections that pop into my head is, I don't really have time for that. Like I'm a leader. I know all the actions of leadership. I can be that leader. I can, let me rephrase. I can do that leadership. Mm -hmm. Not do that leader, but I can do that leadership, right? What does that kind of belief bring back to me? Yeah, first of all, leadership is not a doing, it's a being. And I'm glad you really reflect that. And so first of all, it's really tuning into this idea that how can I change this idea of who I am, who I'm being, and start to connect with the things that I need to shift internally mm-hmm. to, to show up in the way that I want to. And then once I fix all those inside things, the inside job, mm-hmm. then all the other things start to become a little easier because it's aligned with who I am. Yeah. And all the other people around me, when I interact with them, you know, for example, if I know what I value, mm-hmm. then when my values will be at the surface of all the decisions I make, right? Yeah. If I know that my values are reflective of ensuring that I treat people fairly, If fairness is a huge value of mine, then I'm going to think this next meeting I have, this next decision I make, I want to make sure that fairness is weighed in here because it's important to me. Yeah. 
or if I value innovation, if innovation is an important part of who I am, then I'm going to be thinking, how can I think the most creative and most interesting ways so that I can push the envelope? And that might put other things in the back, like the values that could be around taking in conservatism as like a way forward. I might throw conservatism out the window because that's not a value of mine. Right. So again, keeping in mind, the more I know about myself, that's going to allow me to project that out forward. It's a being, not a doing. Yeah. Hey, another objective, objection that's coming up for me as I'm listening to you is the idea about selfishness. Oh, yes. Like if I put my needs first, now I'm being selfish. And uh, it's, that's contrary to everything that I've been taught. Yeah. How do we loosen our grip on that belief about selfishness? Yeah, I love that you bring this up because there's something about this, which I often hear from people saying, I need to focus on serving others. Like servant leadership is all about serving others. And I hear that entirely. Sure. Do yeah. you want to care about other people in your orbit? But here's the, the facts. If you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not in tune with who you are, you're never going to be able to do well by others. And the cornerstone of self-leadership is self-care and being in tune with what you need first. So putting yourself first is not selfish. It's actually the most important thing. It actually is taking care of others by you taking care of yourself. Right. And this is one of those things that is intuitively makes sense when you say it, but it's one of the hardest things that especially entrepreneurs face is because they get so worried about, okay, I need to make sure I'm doing all these things. I need to make sure that I'm serving my clients. I need to, I have all these things on my to-do list, but their first to-do list is, am I okay? Do I have everything I need to be able to do all those things to be able to serve everyone? Mm -hmm. If I'm not okay, then I'm going to fall flat. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I can buy that, but now I'm stuck with this idea of I have to figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. What would you say either is the biggest obstacle or maybe, and maybe you have a bigger, a key, right? A keystone of how do we overcome this obstacle when I say, okay, now I'm ready to set aside the belief that this isn't selfish, but I'm so far from who I, I am. I don't know myself. How do I start with that? Yeah. The starting, I, I like to call this a time traveling exercise because this is one of those things where we really need to understand where are we coming from? What are the things that, as we look back in the past, we go travel into the past, we have to do an inventory of what were the things that brought us to this place where we are today. Mm-hmm. We have to unearth the moments that defined us, the things that influenced all of the things that brought us to this place we are today. And so that is a starting point. Maybe some things that you've overlooked and just by taking the time, as you said earlier, sometimes we don't take the time, but, we, but that time spent is going to be worth a, a lot in the long run. So taking some time to really reflect on the past is valuable. And then the next part is to really think into the future. So you fast forward, people always get hung up on this future self and they're like, oh, I don't like to put that into the interview. But the reality is you need to know, where do I want to be heading? Right. Who do I want to, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And if you have a sense of who you want to be, then you can start to do things now that will put you in alignment with that. 
without the pressure though, you don't want to, again, we don't attach to the outcome, but the right. thought is, Hey, if I have this feeling of, I want to be an author, mm-hmm. I want to be a speaker, I want to be whatever, then we can start to do things today that starts to put us in alignment with that. Yeah. And that's where we come to the present. We start thinking, what is an activity or a thing I'm committed to mm-hmm. in this moment that will allow me to do that? And it could start with just a simple conversation with somebody who will open a door or at least inform me or buy a book. Yeah. Yeah. So what comes up for me as you're describing that is my own awareness of my need just to get it done. As when I'm thinking of my future self, this is what my experience had been in the past. My future self wants to have, do, or be these things. And then I would come back to the present. Okay. I want to have those things, have, do, or be those things. And so what am I going to do today to get to there? Rather than just saying, what's one step I can take in that direction? My mind wanted to leap to right to the end. Of course. And so then when I leap to the end, then then I look back at all the things that I think I'm going to have to do. Now I'm overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to have time to do all of those things. I don't even know all of these people. Like this seems out of reach for me because I've now it's too big. Yeah. So do you have any tricks to help us stay in the present moment, even though we're dreaming into the future? Yeah. I, this is one of the tools I use with people all the time is it's called expand your vision, narrow your focus. Okay. And this is one of those things where it can be challenging when you start to see new possibilities, yeah. which is great. Like this is exciting. I can see something I can move towards and I see a possibility and it's got me expansive. Fantastic. But that can be paralyzing, right? Because now you see all these possibilities and all these things you have to do now because you've committed to a future that you want. But it can then feel very daunting. Yeah. For example, if you say, I would like to start a company and this company you envision is something you've never done before. Obviously, maybe something new for you and you envision there's so many things I get to do. You know what? Maybe I don't want to do this. It's just too much work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where the narrowing comes down and saying, look, what is one thing I can do to get started there? Maybe it's about getting clarity about exactly what this company looks like. What is one person I can have a conversation with? What is Maybe it's just getting the LLC set up or whatever it may be. And that's just one step on a path to getting you where you need to go. Yeah. I love that. And I love that permission to take it one step at a time because I I have an experience. I had the opportunity to go whitewater rafting down the Colorado into the Grand Canyon. And then we were going to hike out the Bright Angel Trail. This was several, more than 10 years ago, almost 20 probably. And I trained for this. Like I I was excited about this challenge of hiking out of the Grand Canyon. And I remember on the day of just getting up early, hitting the trail and just making sure I had my water and I had my snacks and I went for it. But along the trail, this chatter that just said, you just got to keep going. Like I literally wouldn't even give myself permission to look at what was happening. All I could see was the end. All Mm -hmm. I could see was I'm going to get out of this. And I wouldn't let myself stop and go to the bathroom. I literally wouldn't give myself permission to do any of those things. And I see that now going back, talk about going back into your history. I see that now as a reflection of that, those core beliefs around 
You got to have your destination in mind. You have to focus everything on getting to your destination, which means you shut out everything else in the process. And when I got to the end, I was really disappointed. Okay, so I get out and it was four and a half hours. Wonderful. That's really super. But who cares? Who cares if it took me four and a half hours to get out of there, if it would have taken me 24 hours to get out of there? Did I really think I wasn't going to get out of there? Because I think there was part of me that believed if I stopped, if I slowed down, or if I give myself the luxury of stopping to smell the roses and see the scenery, I wouldn't go again. Yeah. Stop. Does Does this come up with your clients too? Absolutely. And it it actually reminded me of a story of myself is that I remember a friend of mine and I used to go running together in Boston along the Charles. And she used to always tell me, hey, don't think about and just think about running to the next bench or running to the end of the the next bridge. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that, which has you thinking like, oh, I don't have to be like stressing it out, stressing out about the whole run because I'm not exactly a big time runner. But it just got me thinking like, oh, I can make it to the next bench. Right. Or I can make it to the next place. And by setting up those little markers, it helps you to stay motivated enough to be able to say, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that next thing. Right. And it's similar to your story in a way, but it's also about really breaking things down and keeping your focus That's right. on that next thing, the next marker yeah. to allow yourself to be able to say, this is the goal right now. It's about enjoying this moment and going from point A to point B, which is not miles and miles away. It's a couple meters away. Right. And again, doing that, by doing that and not trying to get to the end and immediately, you also give yourself a chance not only to enjoy things along the way, but to make tiny pivots like, oh, maybe this way is a, a more scenic route or that way is a more scenic route or Or whatever, we get to slow down. And I think that's really one of my biggest Mm. lessons in entrepreneurial world is to slow down. I used to hate it as a leader and and I'd be told you can want the, you take the elephant one bite at a time or you slow down to speed up. I really wanted to punch the people in the face who would say those things to me because I was just in that speed up mode all the time. You too. Yeah. I, I just couldn't possibly imagine how slowing down was going to get me where I wanted to go quicker. But I think the stories that we're telling here is exactly how that happens. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned this. It's like uh, when I think back to my time in the corporate world and even to an extent, it's still in the back of my head is I used to say that I had an an addiction to doing. And, And that was my undoing in many ways, constantly feeling like I had to be doing something and If I wasn't doing, I had no value. And so slowing down became like the goal and being able to just slow down and enjoy the moments was what really changed things for me and allowed me to be able to say, hey, you're worth it just for being who you are, not for what you do. Yeah. And just the way that you said that, that kind of rearranged the words in my mind too, is that this is self-leadership, is that being willing to go inside and slow down. Because if I'm still on the outside, I'm still doing leadership as I'm do as as something I do to others, mm-hmm. right? Then I am always going to be in a hurry because I'm always going to want to get to that next um, benchmark, to that next goal, yeah. right? It's always going to be that drive. But if I'm 
because the other thing about that drive is other people are also expecting that of me. They're judging me on how well yeah. I'm moving in that direction, right? So this whole external way of looking at the world versus looking internally and knowing this is who I am and knowing yes. that I am that now, whether I've, I do anything from this moment forward or not, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Any of the doing that I do is just going to be an enhancement or an expansion or an expression of who I am. Perfectly said. That's exactly it. The doing, because people start to question like, you can't just sit there in yoga pose, in like a Buddha pose and just meditate all day. I'm like, no, being is not about that. Being is like the, it's like the starting point. And then your expression of, the expression of being is the doing. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately, when you start from that place of saying, who do I want to be? Then everything that happens from there is a follow-on effect of your intention. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful part of this is that the more you can become aware of who you are, mm -hmm. that everything else follows through. And I think there's something about this, which I'll just mention quickly is this, if other people can't get on board with who you are, mm -hmm. we have to be okay with that. Yes. Right. And I think that's what we fall trapped to is we get into organizations and we say, okay, I can't be myself here. I can't be myself. I've heard that before, right? You have too. I can't be myself here, then maybe it's time to question whether or not this is the right place for you to be. Yeah, exactly. And having the courage and the belief in yourself that you can find a spot for you. Like, I, I, I think we have to believe that possibility. But again, what that brings up for me and some of the little mantras that I use for myself, and one of them being everything happens in the right time. Mm -hmm. If I'm living this outward life, I'm looking outward, wanting outward validation that this is who I am and I'm, I've got some value, then that's always going to be a challenge for me. But if I'm going inward, I can truly say everything's going to happen in the right time and believe it and not only believe it um, cognitively, but, but in my heart. I know that this is true. And so there's no anxiety. If I miss an appointment with somebody or I, I miss something like in my old outward thinking self would have said, oh, my gosh, like I've just ruined this opportunity or something drastic is going to happen or they're going to think less of me. But if when in this space, I can say, OK, I trust that everything happens in the right time. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that I don't go back and say, gosh, I'm really sorry that I missed that or the other or whatever it is, or maybe they've missed it with me. There's no apologizing. There's just no need because we're all playing out the role. When we know who we are, we're playing the role that we're meant to play. Absolutely. That's like the mic drop moment of the day right there. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I love, thank you so much for giving us this context to really explore this idea around self-leadership and how important this is really before we can even lead our business or our life. Let me rephrase that. I think the way we lead our business and our life is a reflection of how we lead ourselves. Exactly. And if our business and our life isn't going in the direction that we want to, we don't have to fix anything outside of us. We don't even have to fix inside of ourselves. We just have to realign with the inside of ourselves. You're absolutely right. And I think that's a thing that people miss oftentimes. They start to like question themselves and say, what am I doing wrong? And what's wrong or they start to blame and there's all this weight that starts to get put on top of ourselves and then we start to stress out and burn out and i think the reality is we need to start by just like slowing down and start to think what's going on here really what's really going on and 
am I just out of alignment? And recently published an article on Fast Company about how if you're holding tension, it might be a sign that something needs to change. And that tension could be exactly what you need to tune into. That's right. Sometimes physical pain or even any types of tension that could express is a signal. That's right. It is. Tony, is there anything else about self-leadership that is that we've left out here today that is important to bring in before we close? Yeah, there's only one other thing I would mention. One other thing, there's probably a million other things. Sure, but sure. I would say that just make sure that you have the ability to tune into your regulating yourself, yeah. understanding how when you know that you've come to this place where I, I can see something coming on, I'm feeling like a lot of tension building up. The next few weeks, I'm just like, I don't have any flavor. Like It's becoming, I don't really look forward to anything. Mm -hmm. Then it's time for you to do a reset for yourself yeah. and say, okay, it's time for me to take back control of, of what I'm scheduling on my calendar and how I'm running my life. It's time to break the pattern. Yeah. So do regulate how you're showing up by looking at the future and looking at your past and making sure you're tuned in to how your calendar is ruling your life. Yes. Boy, that calendar really does run everything, doesn't it? Totally. It's really the way that we either get to set our priorities or we allow others to set our priorities for us. No doubt. Yeah. Tony, this has been absolutely delightful. Before we close, where can the listeners learn more about you? And we yeah, will have best... the links in the description, but, <laughs> but go ahead. Of course. The best place to find me is at my website, which is Inspired Purpose Partners. It's, the website is ipurposepartners.com. And the other place you can find me is on LinkedIn. I'm very active there and always posting new stuff. So yeah, please reach out. You can find out about my podcast, my books, all types of fun things there. And before, since we are tar listen, speaking to podcast listeners, what is the name of your podcast? My podcast is called The Virtual Campfire. Okay. Yes. And I've recorded over 200 episodes and it's a podcast about sharing people's lessons of transformation, their journeys of transformation. Yeah. Uh, how do they get to do the things they're doing? There's a journey that got them there. They don't just yeah. arrive being brilliant. Exactly. That's wonderful. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. And once again, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Really, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to play and experiment with these ideas so that you too can live your purpose, expand your impact, and create with ease? Join us at Fully Alive on Facebook. We've created this space to explore the effects these practices and principles can have on your own experience. And if you're feeling the nudge to explore what coaching can do for you, send me an email at mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be fully alive.